everybody and thank you so much for tuning in to faithfully her i am your girl liana michelle and i'm so super excited today to have such a beautiful spirited woman online with us today miss well i'm sorry minister carla j minister carla j is the wife of a pastor mr glenn rob the pastor glenn robinson she is also an ordained minister herself since 2008 she is the founder of a virtual ministry called Speaking a Word in Due Season. Um, Minister Carla J has sought to help, empower, inspire, educate neglected and addicted abused women since 2007. She ministers to the sick and the shed-in community also. She is a servant of her community for the past 28 years, working with Christian youth and troubled teens at juvenile justice centers and Warren Family Mission. Ms. Minister Carla J has over 20 years experience in the healthcare industry, education, community advocacy, and motivational speaking. Her vast educational studies include anatomy and physiology, phlebotomy, business, and general studies. She has attended and received various certifications from institutions such as Trumbull Memorial, New Skills Academy, Bryman Medical College, the American Society of Phlebotomy Technicians, and the American Society of Clinical Pathologists. While also working as an independent home health care advocate, Ms. Minister Carla J is a busy, busy woman. Okay, so we are really blessed to have her here with us today. So um, I'm going to ask everyone to put their hands together to, oh, I'm sorry. Before we do that, I do also want to mention that Minister Carla J has, um, she is certified phlebotomy instructor as well as a certified life coach and she's a certified BLS provider and mentor. So everybody, please put your hands together and let's welcome Minister Carla J. All right, thank you so much for coming on today. And I also didn't mention that Minister Carla J is also an author. So we have a lot of stuff to unpack today. So I hope you guys are ready for a great show. How are you today? Hello, Leona. I am blessed and highly favored. I'm grateful for all that God is doing in my life. And I look forward for even more, greater. Amen to that. <laughs> we were just, uh, before coming online, we were just talking about how, um, how, God can, how God moves. How if he wants to steal you, he can steal you and so forth and minister carla j was telling us that she and her husband are COVID survivors and i just want to say i'm so happy that you guys survived it and that you're here to tell the story and have yet another testimony to add to the miraculous things that god can do for you yes amen god is good all right well let's jump right in um okay so we know that there is um decades of service in the healthcare community. Did you always want to be in healthcare or how did you get your start there? Uh, for actually from even out of high school, um, I actually, as a young woman, I, I helped take care of 
you know, my great grandfather as he aged. And then straight from out of school, Leona, I, I went straight to a, I, I served in, worked in a nursing home, taking care of elderly people, doing activities with them, and also taking care of handicapped people. From there, I went into the, uh, the healthcare field as far as the hospital. And eventually, I, it branched off into me doing phlebotomy, and then I ended up being a phlebotomy instructor. And from there, I taught at a vocational school. I, I trained medical assistants. I did the EKG phlebotomy, you know, because they have several skills. So I was one of those uh, teachers selected to do that as well. So, okay. I, I, yeah, yes, yeah. Over my, mother, um, my mother was a phlebotomist. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I've spent I a lot of years hanging around her in that industry. And, you know, even when she was going to school for it and I was like the little kid in the corner doing my homework while she was getting her <laughs> instructions. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it's a very good um, feel. And it, it takes it takes a skill set in itself because you're dealing with sticking somebody with the needle. Right. Exactly. And I always had this prayer that I would pray, um, you know, I would always ask God, you know, we all have our certain, you know, little prayers that we pray to God. And I would always ask God to um, uh, bless and shine upon the work of my hands and God allowed me to see through the vein. And I'll tell you, I, I, I became the one that people were called to get the hard sticks. And I was always so proud of that, not, not arrogant, but proud in the fact that God had answered my prayer and he began to shine on me. So I was one of the people that, you know, if I come in in the afternoon, there's blood draws left because others felt they couldn't get them and, you know, what have you. But God just blessed me so in that area. But I always kept a lot of prayer over that skill, you know, which I'm not doing it now. But when I did it and he, he blessed me so until he took me to a point where I could train others and also prop the phlebotomy test so that others could get their license, their certification. That is beautiful. And, you know, I always talk to um, my, my, my FH family, my Faithfully Heard family about having your purpose, finding your purpose. And, yeah. you know, and I always let them know not everyone's purpose is going to be in a pulpit. Sometimes God finds your talent and yeah. he cultivates that to use you the way he yeah. needs you to be yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. so i always tell yeah. people like don't don't look down on whatever that talent is because that just might be your purpose and i yeah. all and then you know there's also that thing of turning your pain into a, a yeah. purpose you know so purpose. when you go through painful events and you have those hurtful things don't dwell in it let's find the message in it and let's figure out how we could use that to do better. So yeah. thank God for people like you who have been walking in it for such a long time and yes. having that skill set to teach others. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. It's, so it's let's get into your community advocacy and the things that you guys are doing in the community throughout the year. So let's talk a little bit about how you guys started doing that. Okay, so I, I started um, ministering the word of God. God, you know, he at a young age, I heard the call of God, you know, to minister the word of God. And um, I was always a person that God would, he, he would always put me one-on-one -on -one with individuals, you know, to minister to them, to walk through different situations to them. So through after uh, be, being in the ministry for a while, 
uh, I was able, I was blessed to go to a woman's prison when I went to Atlanta, Georgia. I moved it, I moved to Atlanta for about a year. And that was the first time that I was actually blessed to go and minister at a, a woman's prison. Uh, it, it's it's um, an experience within itself. And um, then my husband and I, we begin to branch out to, we have a mission in town, Warren Family Mission. We're from Warren, Ohio, but we live in Niles, Ohio, but we uh, were called by another pastor. There was an opening for us to go there and minister to people that, you know, if, if, you, if you've ever been in a mission, a lot of people are, you know, they're at the end of their rope. You know, and 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 they could have every reason to completely give up. But God blessed us with such a great experience there. We would go there and minister. He blessed me to go to the juvenile center to minister to young people. Um, and I've always been that person that God had his hand on to even it wasn't even so much that he would always put me around people that I knew or that I grew up with. It was just people that he would just assign me to and I would minister to them. And then he took us to a high rise where there were elderly people, you know, people that couldn't get out. And we, we went there and we ministered, you know, and they, they wanted to pay us. There were situations he would put us in to minister that they wanted to pay us. They were so happy. And the, uh, a guy told my husband, he said, we've been waiting on y'all. They were actually praying for someone to come into uh, their their facility and to minister union uh, with them, we even spent our Easter Sunday there. Oh wow! You know to minister uh, the word of God in prayer. Okay, so you know. I a lot of people will say, you know, I heard the calling earlier, early in life, or um, I felt like I was always pulled and navigated towards this. But, you know, we kind of fight it sometimes, especially in our youth, because we want to live life and we want to explore and we want to trip and fall and bump our head a couple of times before we actually answer the call. Um, mm -hmm. Did you ever experience that or was it just spot on you knew what i experienced i was very shy um and i was i was afraid to you know talk in front of people uh but i never experienced not wanting to do god's will you know if you you know uh, allow me to go here quickly you know there was there was um samuel who chose to obey god and there was saul who chose to not obey you know, God, God gives us a will and God even wrestles with us. And like you said, running from the call, some of us, we will do, we will run and God will still have grace and mercy on us to, you know, he, he's a lot, a lot at that time. And then, you know, some kind of way you'll find yourself where you really are supposed to be. I can't honestly say that, um, that I wrestled and ran from God in a sense that I didn't want to do it. I was always, uh, now when it came to standing before people and ministering, I, that was where I kind of wrestled because I was always very shy and couldn't, you know, couldn't look people in the eyes and everything. And as I see, as I look at myself now, I, I'm just so, it, it's amazing to me. And because I can remember the very first time I stood up with a microphone in my hand to minister the word and I, my knees would shake, but God, he gave me that boldness, you know, to, um, you know, to come in, to, to get into the place where he would have me and, and brought me to where I am now. So I've been in the ministry, uh, like I said, for quite some time. Nin uh, uh, 1989 was when I first 
stood before a church and ministered, but the community things and being there for people on, on a one-to-one -one basis, he, he always had me in those areas. Good. And, you know, and I want people to get that message right there because there was a message in here and I don't know if everybody caught it. She said she was shy. She wasn't really comfortable standing in front of people and, and speaking. And when she got up there for the first time, her knees was knocking. But God gave her what she needed to get through that and not only get through it, but to get through it with a with a, a, a rhythm, a skill set that nobody probably knew your knees was knocking but you. You know what I'm saying? Nobody probably felt your fear or your shyness or any of that because when God moves you to do something, he's going to give you everything you need to get it done. Yes. So that's okay. the message I want people to, uh, to, to hear. When God yeah. moves you to do something, he's going to give you what you need yes. to do that because he, you're doing it on his behalf. So he's not going to send you to the grocery store with no money. He's going to send you to the grocery <laughs> store with the list and the money. You know, he's going to make right. that, make sure yeah. you have a way to do those things. So That's trust, right. so trust in that. You Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. I just wanted that message to oh, get it out here. <laughs> That was good. <laughs> okay, so let's get into, you know, we were fast forwarding a little bit. And now you're ministering, you're teaching, you're, you're advocating for people in the system. And you, you, did you always, and this, if this is too personal, it's okay. Um, Cause I always wondered what is that life like with being a minister's wife? So was that something too, that God bought? Did you know that this was what, what, your man at this particular time or did God have to tap you on the shoulder and say girl stop playing he won <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, I was already in ministry when I met my husband okay. and uh, he he was he was in ministry as well he was a, a deacon in training uh, but I, I'll tell you if, if I have time to tell my story my husband uh, was, you know, when we got together, he was driving down the road and he met a, he met a guy, picked the guy up and the guy was here from another city and he needed help. So my husband was an instrument in helping this young man to uh, get in, in charge and, you know, get his life on track and, and what have you. And um, eventually the, this guy met um, someone in my family. Okay. And so we, it was men's day at our, at our church. And he, now the guy that my husband picked up walking, he then invited my husband to come and visit our church. And uh, I, when, I, when I walked through the door, there was my husband standing by the water fountain. And so uh, six months later, I, I was his wife. So it, it wasn't- oh, Six months? Yes, ma'am, we dated six months. And it wasn't that he was, oh, I didn't know him. You know, we were in, from the same city. And then when we finally got to know each other, we, we lived on the same street. Oh, wow. Well, yes, yes. We It, it was really, um, it, it was, I say, God, you know how they say God has a sense of humor, but I always prayed. And my prayer was always, God, uh, when I meet him, let him find me, you know, working for the Lord. Let him find me working for the Lord. Well, if uh, let me keep it real with you. When he found me, yes, I was a Christian. I was working for the Lord, but I was very broken. Okay. 
Okay. I had been through a lot of rejection, you know, dated a few times where I had been cheated on, but I was, I still serving God and in the ministry. Uh, but I still, I was, I was broken. So I don't feed it to the single women that when you're on this really high level with God, then he's going to send Mr. Right. Uh, I don't, me personally, because we, we, we don't, that would be boxing God in, mm-hmm. you know, it, it would be up to God, but it's, it, it would be, I would say to any single Christian woman, uh, your responsibility is to serve the Lord and be who you say that you are. And even if you have gotten hurt or broken, what have you, continue to lean on God. I, I shouted with a, I praise God with a broken heart, you know, so uh, I can't, I, I won't lie and say that I was on this high, high level with God when my spouse walked into my life. He had to walk through some healing with me. Okay. Okay. He had to walk through. And I thank the Lord that the guy that he did send me because, you know, perhaps another guy wouldn't have wanted to walk through the pain and the anger that I, I had. So I do thank God for that because a lot of times when we, you know, everybody's putting, when you meet a new person, male or female, you put your best foot forward and, and they just see the outward. And even if they feel God led them to you, they, they're not close enough to see unless the Lord reveal it, your brokenness, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so I just thank the Lord that when he realized how broken and I was and, and the anger that I had in my, um, you know, in, within my emotions and what have you, that he didn't make a decision to leave me. Right. I thank God for that. Right. Amen. So I, I, yeah. I would say to any single woman and uh, I would say to, you know, in your singlehood, you know, while you're just walking with God, love yourself, validate if you've been hurt, validate your feelings, validate that you have a right to feel hurt and, and broken because of what was done or said to you. And then take those feelings to God. Don't allow condemnation of the enemy to set up and, th- and then regain your self-worth. And I told myself, you know, after, before I met my husband, you know, and every single woman, you know, you should keep, keep yourself together from, from head to toe and keep your walk with God together. Uh Don't let anybody feel like, well, well, this person, she, okay, well, I wasn't your cup of tea, but I'm somebody's cup of tea because I'm all that because the word of God told me that I was all that too bad. You didn't have enough sense, you know, to realize, but he'll send the one who does have the, the sense to realize your worth. And you have to realize your worth. And you're right about that. As you know, just something that you said made me think of something that my mom used to say about keeping yourself together. And I can remember, you know, her on Sunday morning, getting ready for church. And I'm, you know, slow dragging from Saturday nights clubbing. And she would (laughs) say the same energy you used yesterday to get yourself all dolled up, to go in, to hang out in a club with some good for nothing you know what yeah. is the same energy I need for you to have this morning so we can go in here and praise the Lord and yeah. she would not yeah. be playing like even in my 20s or 30s you know that mama hand that reached down the pew and slapped you <laughs> like she still mm-hmm. had the reach and everything <laughs> but, but you're right about that we have to have that same energy so if I'm dolled up just to go to the grocery store or go and, you know, have brunch or whatever. I need to be dolled up the same way when I show up for God, that same energy, that same love and that same passion. I need to have that to show up for Jesus. 
and you know yeah. to praise his name too and not just walk in like i didn't care this morning because if god walked into our life like he didn't care we'll be lost you thank god lost. he walks yeah. in fully done for us exactly. exactly and i even remember telling god i don't want to be single and in the ministry you know what i'm saying but i was single and in the ministry and uh, I, I preached while I was single. I, I lived for God while I was single. And I came to a point where I told God, if you never send me nobody, I'm still going to serve you. And I think that even, you know, in, you know, single women, you know, uh, if I'm speaking to mostly Christian women and women, you know, always, always uh, uh, let your self-worth be important. Even if you are not where you want to be or you don't have the person in your life that you would like to have. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I serve, you know, I, I didn't want to be seeing one in ministry, but I was until God sent me the, the one he wanted me to walk with. Now, let me ask you a question and we're going to get into your books. I'm sorry. I don't want us to get too far <laughs> off of what we're supposed to be talking about. But now yeah. you're opening up all of these things in my head. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so one of the things that I do want to ask you, though, do you believe or do you think that everyone. Do you believe that marriage is for everyone? Does, is that something that, because, you know, I, I just said this statement, I want to say last week about being fruitful and multiplying. And I said, in my mind, I've come to terms to the of, or realization that marriage may not be for me. Right. And that's fine if it's not. I've accepted that. But I believe that you could be fruitful and multiply in so many different ways. That has nothing yeah. to do with the man and woman procreating. Right. So with that yeah. thought in mind. I have come to accept that marriage may not be for me. This might be the life that I'm living and I might just have to be living it alone. And I'm okay with that now because I've accepted that reality. But do you believe that that is something that, that is a norm or is it, and is it a godly thing? Should I be okay with just accepting my singleness for the rest of my life? Well, I, I, I agree with what you are saying, but uh, I think that if, if, if we are burdened by it and it's something that you truly desire and there's like a, a, even like a heaviness or, you know, something there that you, you feel that's missing, you know, uh, is this okay to speak from a Christian point of view? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So I'm speaking from a Christian point of view. Um, it seems to me like, you know, most of the single women I am around, they do want someone in their life. But I don't believe that everybody is just um, burning to be married. Okay. Marriage is not on the top of everybody's list, okay? Uh, male or female. There's some people, they are into their career. They are into ministry. They're into, you know, making it happen for other people, you know, furthering their education. And they they don't have a burden to be married. And there is nothing wrong with that. But the apostle Paul, you know, he wasn't married, but he said everyone had their, their gift from God. Okay. Yeah. He, the apostle Paul, he was totally fine. That was his life. He just to serve the Lord. There was no heaviness to, to be married. Nowhere in the word where he, he said, I wish I had a wife or he struggled with that, but he was telling married and single people how they should live. And to your question, no, I don't believe that marriage is for everybody. 
Okay. I just, I believe if you, I believe if you are, you know, if you have that desire, I believe you should keep it before God. Okay. You know, and, and that you should believe, don't believe the lie that there is no more good male or females in the world. Because that would be saying that God is in a shortage and he's not. He's El Shaddai, the breasty one, the nourisher, the strength giver. He has everything we need. And I, I never believed that God was, there was no more, there was no good man for me left because every they had taken them, everybody had taken them all. I never believed that. And I was one that marriage was high on my list. <laughs> Okay, so I believe God, you know, that he did have somebody for me, but I also said, God, if you don't, if you never send that right person, I'm still going to serve you. Right. That, that was my, my, my mindset that I, I just promised God that I will still serve him, you know, but I don't think that everybody uh, marriages for everyone. Because I look at my life as this, you know, I'm, I'm single, my child is grown. This is the first time in my life where I don't have to take care of anybody. I don't have to answer to anybody. If I cook, I cook. If I don't, I don't. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like my, everything is on my time now. I'm not, yeah. I don't have to do anything for anybody. So everything no. that I'm doing now is about me building what I believe God has set me to do now. You know, I feel yeah. like I, I clearly can see and understand where he wants me to be as far as my career and life right. and, and my inner spiritual growth and so forth. I feel like I, I'm there. So everything is kind of just focused around those things. Right. Um, I'm okay with having a, a companion or a boyfriend. You know, you have somebody you go to dinner with, you go to the show, you can laugh, you can have a good time with. But I don't know if I want somebody under my roof that I have to pick up behind. I have to teach them my ways of living and right. my neat freakness. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if I want to do all of that. So right. that's why I said, you know, well, Lord, if you don't have marriage in the cards for me, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm not right. going to be one of these women that's like, Lord, why not me? Like, no, I'm over that stage. Right. I'm okay right. with it. And we just right. going to keep this train moving. You know what I mean? Right. And we're not going to dwell oh, yeah. on oh, yeah. that end of it. Now, yeah. if God, now, if, and I always said that when it happens, I'm going to trip over him. I said, when the time comes, <laughs> when God feels like I've done the work that I needed, and that person mm -hmm. has done the work that has been required of them. When yeah. God, it, if and when that happens, God, it, I will trip over him. It's going to be right. something that's going to be so easy and so simple as, oops, yeah. I'm sorry, I tripped over. Right. You know what I'm saying? And exactly. something that simple. But And if that trip never happens, I'm okay with that also. And that's a great place. That's a, that, that's a great place to be because I think... Uh, a lot of, you know, single women, uh, mainly single women, and it could be men as well. But uh, a lot of times we, you know, it, it's, it's high on our list. And sometimes if we're not careful, we could even fall into depression with that or start feeling that, you know, you're, you're less than, but that where you are, that that's a good place to be. And then you have to think about their widows, someone that lost their spouse, 
You know, they've already been married. They've raised children with their spouse. They've bought a home with their spouse. And then suddenly they find themselves single again. You you have to think about that as well. And, um, you know, no one, you know, you, you did that. And if you don't want that again, or you don't feel that God is doing that. And some, some people after their spouse died, they, they stay single the rest of their life. You know, it's, it's just where you are in life. But I, I, I'll just say that, if you are an individual who want a mate, I, my suggestion is to keep it before God. Just like I would tell a, a, an individual that would like to have a child because I know that God can do anything and God is our help. So, but it doesn't mean because you, and when I was in my single life, I was even told, well, maybe you missed it. And I said, well, no, I pray too much to miss it. Or, uh, oh, she's waiting on Jesus, you know, little jokes, or you're going to be an old maid. What's wrong? Why can't you get married? All of these things coming at me. But I, I, I want you to know, I didn't get him until God was ready to send him. And I do thank God. Uh, did, did I date someone that I thought I would marry? Of course I did. But I thank the Lord that, that he did not allow that. You, you know what I'm saying? But uh, it's, you know, there, I have a, I have a friend, she goes on cruises and everything and she's been single for years. She, she works in a medical field. So, you know, she's not around with her head hung down uh, crying about how she want to be married. Okay. But uh, I wanted to be married and, and who will I ask to send me a maid other than my heavenly father? Right. And, you know, I, I believe in love. Let me just yeah. say this too, because I don't want people to think like, oh, she's being cynical. She she's cynical. No, mm-hmm. I'm not. I believe in love. Like my friends will tell you, I live in a Disney space when it comes to love. So, you know, I'm hearts and rainbows and flowers and unicorns. <laughs> like I, I'm mm-hmm. like in the la la land of love. I honestly truly believe in love, but I also had to learn that believing in love was not enough. That I had to believe in myself more than I believed in somebody giving it to me. I had to learn how to love me and uh, and be good to myself and not put all of that into, is is this man gonna come into my life and make me feel loved and make me feel desired and this and that. I had to feel that for my own self I had to be able to look in the mirror and say girl you is looking fine I'm loving you you know or hug myself or give big up myself and give myself those praises and compliments instead of seeking it from an outside source that is not necessarily authentic because I'm not saying all men but you know a lot of times you get those good morning, beautifuls, and hey, baby, and sweet things, and all of this and that, because they're seeking something from you. And what Mm -hmm. they're seeking isn't authentic. They're seeking a moment of pleasure, not not a a moment, not a moment of real intimacy, or, you know what I'm saying? And those are two different things. Being intimate with somebody does not necessarily mean we're laying and rolling around in a bed somewhere. So Mm -hmm. I had to kind of learn that difference also. Right. And in learning those things, it made me stronger. You know, God sat me down and, you know, like I said, when I was talking to him, like, hey, Lord, if it's meant, yay. If it's not, yay, I'm okay with it. But the the response back was, you need to do some work on you. Because I used to be that girl that said, Lord, why not me? 
You know, I see this person over here. They got a man. I go to school. I'm a good girl, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not scamming the system. I bring stuff to the table. I'm a partnership. Like, you know, all of these wonderful things that you think would make you a good catch. And yet and still, I can't catch nothing. But like I said, the response was, yeah, but you have some things you need to work on that has nothing to do with career. So we need to go deeper inside and we need to figure out that mental. What's going on with your mental and emotional state? You know, why does these things keep setting you off? And Mm. these things are triggering these emotions. And so like, so we had to, I had to do some work on me. And in the process of that work, that's how the realization came to say, you know what? If I get married, Mm. great. If I don't, great. I'm okay. I'm okay with it either way right now. Because the work within myself is so fresh and new, I'm really just starting to enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've just found a new appreciation for who I am. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's important, women, that we learn how to appreciate ourselves and stop looking for it from somebody else. Yes. Because it's a setup. Yes. Even after marriage, you want to keep that mindset of appreciating yourself and uh, love, you know, you know, a man could appreciate you more, you know, even after marriage, when you when you are still, you know, who you are in the marriage. So sometimes some of us find out later, you know, some out, you know, like yourself, if you do decide because anybody can get married, you know, it just it, it depends on where you set your standard. I, you know, and we we make it like we we make it sometimes. A lot of times, it's like well, we can scarcely get married. We can barely get married. Anybody can really get married. It's worse where you set your standard. But it is better. Um, it is better if you could receive some healing and wholeness before you get in marriage, because your spouse would really appreciate. You know that you, like my husband, he really appreciates the woman that I am now. You know, even through walking through brokenness with me and that I brought in to the marriage as I did, as it is, I share some of that in the book. But a man, can, he really appreciates when a woman really knows who she, who she is. You know, you know, at, you come to a point where you know who you are, what your what your calling is, what your ministry is, and then you compliment him. You know, you can compliment him and he can compliment you, you know, so it's, it's not about that you can't get married. Okay, it's just if where do you want to set your standard? I I could have been married years ago, but I wanted what God had. Right, right. Okay, that that's where you know I just wanted to clarify that it's if it's okay. It's not that you know you know you can't get married or I couldn't get married. It's just that do you want to wait on someone that that uh, compliments your life, your ministry? Do you want to wait on God for that? Or do you just want to go out and, you know, make it happen? And, you you know, you're right when you when you talk about standards and I just could hear a friend of mine echoing like, girl, you are a lot. And I always say I am not a lot to deal with. You, I'm. J- this is who I am. I don't think it's a lot. You know what I'm saying? I just get your weight up. You know what I'm saying? For lack of a better phrase, and get your weight up. But you know, standards does mean it is a lot because my mother set a standard, and my mother was single, and she used yeah. to always say, "Michelle, it's a difference between being alone and being lonely." She said, yeah. "I may be alone, but I'm not lonely because yeah. I know who I am." 
Yes. You know what I'm saying? And and she was okay with that. And it made me set my standards differently to say, okay, Mm -hmm. well, my mother pushed for me to be educated and have a career and be able to take care of myself and have a certain level of independence. And so I don't have to rely on this person to take care of me. So I need somebody that can meet me at the table with what I'm bringing. If I'm bringing five different things to the table, I need for you to bring five. You know, like we need to be able to have that conversation at a table to say, this is what I'm good at. This is what I can do. And okay, so this is where you're excelling at. So let's divide this up and make sure everybody is being their best selves within this this partnership. So, you know, you you do have to have standards because you're right. If I was to lower my standards, I probably could have been married five times. (laughs) five different people right so so, yeah (laughs) but you said that you talked about that in your book so let's go ahead and jump into your first book so let's get the title tell us about it okay sure um the the book is called um when love is forgotten and this book is it's a it's a relation a relationship book is is primarily directed toward married couples is also it's also helping single individuals um, because I do speak I'm transparent in the book I believe that God wanted me to uh, to share uh, just even with uh, bringing um, anger issues into my marriage sometimes we yes ma'am so sometimes we we bury things we we're not up front we you know we don't come in the door saying well hey I've been broken or hey, I have bad credit. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. <laughs> so, so, so later on, things begin to unfold, and that person begin to see, you know, that this wasn't, you know, this person have is more to this person than what meets the eye. But you know, when you meet someone, uh, you 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 put your best foot forward. And so, this book is a relational book, relationship book. I talk about uh, baggage. I talk about selfishness. I talk about disappointment, real life issues. I talk about disconnections. I talk about family within marriage and also the and I end with faith because everything when we accomplish, like you had the faith to go to school and that you had the faith to believe that you would graduate. You have the faith to believe that even in your single life that, you know, you're able to, you know, go it not like you said, not feeling lonely, but along with God. And and so so it takes faith for all of that. But I deal with real life issues, and I and I share some real life issues. Now in you the book. you said that you you speak about disappointment in the book. Yes, One ma'am. of the rules that I have come to live by in my dating world, I guess you could call it that, um, is to not have expectations. I have, you know, just from previous experiences, previous situations, you know, you you expect something of this person and then they don't live up to that expectation. Now you're disappointed. You feel let down. And with me, I kind of shut down after that. Like once you've disappointed me, then I'm mm-hmm. completely turned. I'm just shut off. So now mm-hmm. I'm distancing. I don't want to talk. I'm blocking phone calls. I'm not answering texts. Like I completely shut down on the person. So what I had to learn. So what I started telling myself is let go of the expectations, because if you keep expecting 
these high things from people, you're going to be disappointed all the time. You have mm-hmm. to meet a person where they are and just let them be there. And if they can't arise, arise to where you want them to be, then that's your cue right there to not take it any further and just walk away. So I kind of let go of those expectations to avoid disappointment. So can you just kind of elaborate a little bit on how you're framing disappointment in the book? Yeah. So remember, this book is about relationship and I'm mainly is mainly directed toward married people. Now, if you um, if somebody if you meet a guy and he tells you you're a, he's a dentist and, and you marry him, you're going to be looking for him to, to have an office and be a dentist. So that's not a unrealistic expectation. We expect we should expect people to be who they say that they are. So I want to say marriage is nothing like dating. So if someone is in your single life and you meet a guy and you, you know, you think he's, you know, the great guy and he does something to disappoint you or tell a lie or something that really lets you down, you can just kind of sweep him out of your life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. Marriage is way deeper than that. And you will disappoint one another in marriage. Okay. On, on any or all, any type of levels. I don't, I'm, I'm not, when I'm writing this book, this book is not written to, it's not, it's not stating that anything that happened to you is okay, or you're being abused and you stay in it. There's even a part in there about that, about if if you're in abuse, you see what I'm saying? But disappointment, just, just normal, normal trials and tribulation that we could possibly uh, throw the baby out with the bathwater. We could possibly get rid of a good person because they disappointed us, not even meaning to. And then you can get disappointed. It, you know, disappointment can come from the outside or it can come from the inside to a degree where you might even need some counseling. You know, I'm sure that I'm sure that I've done and said some things that disappoint my mate. And, and but he, he chose to stay because he loved me and, and vice versa. You know, but when you get off into things like, you know, that abuse and what have you, though, that's another whole you know, issue, but I'm just meaning different things that could disappoint you and disappointment walks in many shoes. You know, I was disappointed because I couldn't have a child biologically. Um, we, we lost our home, you know, uh, my husband's job shut down. Those are disappointments that you have to deal with and you don't want to shut down on one another and blame one another because when we are disappointed, uh, it, it, could, uh, it could cause us to go through some physical changes in our, in our body if, we, if it's not handled right, or we can blame God, or we could even walk away from God. And like, as you said earlier, shutting down, you know, when these are things that could be worked through. Right. Right. Okay. Well, I'm learning. So I'm going to write that down. Sometimes try to work it out. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I think I'm just conditioned on, on some yeah. levels, especially being the only child and used to doing everything for myself and by myself right. and so forth. It's sometimes it's just easier for me to be like, you know what? I don't have time for this. And yeah. it's just easier mentally for me to just walk away than to put right. an effort, a further effort into it and risk further right. disappointment. And now my emotions is here. You know what I'm saying? So I try to keep my emotional self separate so it don't go left. 
Yeah. And as I said, it's easier to do that when you're single. Yeah. You know, you can tell them to uh, go home. I don't want to see you, you know, but, uh, you know, when you, when you enter a marriage covenant with someone, especially if you are, uh, uh, you have, a, you, you're living for God as well. Okay. It, it, it's when disappointments come, you know, they're going to come. That's, that's life. It's life. We're going to be disappointed even if it's not by a spouse, it's by someone. Disappointments are going to come. And we don't want to use the same, um, you know, we don't want to use the same uh, uh, tactic, of, tactic of every time I'm disappointed, I'm going to shut down or I'm going to block, I'm going to close you out. So I deal with married people, married couples, um, or you could be getting ready to enter into marriage. And then, like I said, you, you have a, um, you have a lot to, you have more choices than a, a, a person would have that's already married. Now you have the choice to, you know, you can get out of the marriage. If, if something is so disappointing, you feel you can't stay, but it, when we got in it, we got in it, to, we got in it to stay. Right. We promise God to the people that whatever comes, I'm 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 in it to win it. I'm here. I'm I'm stuck like Chuck. I'm trying to make this work. But there are there are some things that could, you know, uh, I, I don't I don't uh, I don't hammer this uh, divorce people because you don't know if you're gonna have to or or you feel you're in a situation or you feel you can't do it anymore. God knows about that. God knows, and the Word of God said, "If our heart condemns, God is greater than our heart. He knows all things." So everybody's situation is different. But when you are single and you haven't uh, crossed over into marriage and there's some type of disappointment, say he cheats on you, okay? You you would be you you would have a greater chance than a married woman who will have to say, "Should I go to counseling? Should I find out?" Did he love the woman or should I forgive him? Can I forgive him? You have a, you're in a better place if a guy cheat on you than a married woman would be that's striving right. to keep her marriage. You see what I'm saying? Right. And so I, I don't believe at any point, and this is not because most of us, if we be real, most of us, we almost instantly shut down when we're disappointed mm-hmm. or we look, oh, who's at fault for my disappointment? Who hurt my emotions? Who did this? Who, who, wh- where do I should put this blame? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's a huge thing. But when you um when you have crossed over, you know, into a marriage and disappointments begin to come, you know, there's more at stake. You've you've built your world around this person. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you know, you know, but uh, I I I do want to encourage any anyone to kind of to, you know uh res- resist the temptation to. Soon as I'm disappointed, I shut down. Um, nobody, you know, because in this life we are all going to need some forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So within reason, you know, now if you, if like I said, I deal with abuse as well in the book. You know, there's a small part with with, a, with abuse. I didn't feel like I needed to really open that up real big because abuse is abuse. If you're being hurt and you're in danger, there there needs to be um, some intervention, some counseling, some safety put safety measures. So that that kind of you, you know, there's not a lot that I need to, to say about that. But speaking of uh, being disappointed uh you know before or after marriage a married a single person would have a better choice than a married person would who's trying to stay in their marriage 
Yeah. Because it's not always about cheating or, or gambling or things like that. Those are things that, you know, outward things that we focus on. There could be um, some emotional uh, disappointment that, that has taken place or, you know, we lost everything or, you know, you know, things that can happen that are very disappointing and can make you feel like, I no longer want to stay, even though I love this person. I don't want to walk through this in, any more disappointments. Right. Do, I, do you? Yes. Yeah, and that that does make sense. And just real quick, I just want to piggyback on something. Um, when we're talking about abuse, I want people to understand that abuse is more than just the physical. So yes. you, you might Absolutely. not be getting punched or slapped or pushed down but you're getting spoken to in such a demeaning way where you're being berated, you're being degraded, you're, you're being um, made to feel like you're less than. Um, I remember my son's father said to me, when my son had to be a couple of weeks old, he was still in, um, in ICU. And we were having a conversation about visiting him because he he's in an incubator and I was breastfeeding so you know I'm, whatever anyway he made a statement to me that said you will never find nobody as fine as me ever again in your life and I said well baby give me the opportunity to find out you know what I'm saying? like please give me the opportunity to find that out for myself and you could be gone you know what I'm saying um even something, a statement like that is designed to make you feel bad about yourself. Exactly. And yes. that could be a form of an emotional e abuse. So I want people to understand abuse is more than just physical. It's verbal. It's emotional. It's mental. It, it puts a strain on your whole person. You, right. From head to toe, it's putting a strain on you. It's hurting you. It's affecting you in a negative way. It's making you feel like those things are true about yourself, and it's not. So um, I always want to put that clear because I know somebody that was in a, a situation with the man, and because he didn't physically hit her, he said, I'm not abusive. And I said, well, you know, abuse is, it looks, it, it doesn't just come in the form of a slap. You know what I'm saying? And I had to kind of break that down. Abuse sits like this. It looks like this. So if you're saying these things, you're doing these things, you're threatening her, you're making her feel like her life is in danger. That's a form of abuse, you know? So I just want that clear because I don't want you to be sitting at home tonight and you saying because James didn't hit me, it wasn't abuse, but James just threw the whole chicken dinner against the wall. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want you to look at it from a, a bigger picture than that. And if you need help, there's places you can go to get help. Okay. Um, so that's our first book. So the first book is about the relationships and, and you're pretty much, like you said, targeting marriage relationships. So how did we get to our second book? Because you've written two books. You wrote two books, right? No, ma'am. This is, I, I am a new author. And I'm the author of, of the book, um, When Love is Forgotten. I was giving you chapters. Oh, I was you chapters. okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm like, I could have swore I saw yeah. two books. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Because I deal with a lot in one book. Okay. I, I deal with a lot. I deal with abuse. I deal with, uh, you know, um, not, not letting go of baggage, you know, trying to overcome past baggage, emotional baggage. Uh, okay. You know, I deal with disappointment, selfishness, what have you. So what would be some, um, what would be one 
key, well, and it probably can't be a key one, but what is one thing you would tell somebody that is dealing with emotional baggage? Uh, the, the process to letting it go or, you know, dealing with the confronting it. Yeah, For, you, you can't, you have to, because most of us do bury it and you have to be honest about where you are. You have to be very honest about it as like I had to come to grips that I literally am struggling. Anger has a stronghold in my life because of past hurt and feeling rejected and what have you, uh, had been cheated on through my dating season. So you have to be honest about where you are. You have to be transparent with yourself first and be transparent with God because he already knows where you are. And then the healing process, you know, we, we can, uh, then we can uh, get before God and get in his word and begin to uh, confess those things, put those things before God. And it's not, it's not uh, an overnighter. You, you know, you don't, you can't with emotional healing most of the time. Now, can God instantly heal you? Of course he can. But a lot of it is, is it takes you, you, you first, it's hard to admit sometimes where we are. Mm -hmm. It's hard to admit that, hey, I have anger issues. Okay, with a smile on my face, I have anger issues. You, you have to put that before the Lord and, and then you have to make a decision to forgive whoever hurt you, whatever was done to you in the past. It is for your survival. It's for you to move forward, you know, because, it, you know, holding it all in. And then if so, when I, if, if there was rejection in the past, and then if my husband should say no about something, I don't hear no, I hear rejection if I'm not going to allow God to heal me from that. Right. Because every no is not a rejection no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, I would tell anybody if you, uh, and most of the time we, we don't even want to call it uh, baggage. We bring so many things into our relationships and most of the time we don't want to call it baggage. And so when we are faced with a problem such as disappointment, what, what have you, the first thing we do is we, we cover, we try to do self-preservation. You know, we try to protect ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, but, but uh, bearing, bearing emotional baggage, you know, it could, once again, it could even send you, I was uh, researching and I was doing some studying when, when you, when you hide your emotions and you bury those type of emotions and, and you, you know, try to disconnect and you tell yourself you're okay, this is how I'm going to survive, but I'm going to keep everybody. I'm going to build a strong wall around me. But, but that hurt is, is behind that wall with you. And it could even act out in the physical. It could cause you to go into health, uh, uh, heart problems and diabetes, all because you're holding so tight to those, those hurts and those pains. It's like carrying a little black bag around with you and every opportunity you get, you open that bag up and go through all of those things in the bag, you know, rejection, hurt, pain, you know, disappointment, regret. You have all of these things in this bag that you never let go of emotionally. And it will affect your uh, relationship because then you could, and it could even, you know, Leona, it could even filter over into just a relationship with your girlfriend. If mm -hmm. I've experienced rejection and you say, okay, I'm going to get off the phone now. You know, if I'm holding on to all that, it's like, oh, Leona don't want to be bothered with me. Right. Because right. I'm always, I'm always feeling like the victim. So emotional baggage, a lot of times you, you, you victimize yourself and then, you know, you kind of teach people to treat you like a victim. Mm -hmm. And you see everything, you see the negative of everything before you can even see the positive. You, your, your, your side is always like whatever it is, you, you pull out the negative because there's a, there needs to be an inner healing. Right. Like I've come to realize in myself that I think there's an underlining automatic distrust of men. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 it's it's an underlying thing. It's there. Yeah. I go into it expecting the worst. So yeah. if so, anything has to be better than that, right? <laughs> so because I'm already expecting the worst from you. Um, and I think that underlining and that, and I know where that starts from. I know where it stems from for a long time. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand it. And I would hear mm-hmm. people say certain things about it and like, oh, you mm-hmm. just have a mistrust of people and a mistrust of men and you won't mm-hmm. even give a person a chance and so forth. And for a long time, like I said, I didn't understand. It. I just thought like, Hey, that's you. You dropped the ball. Boom. <laughs> and I kept it moving. But mm-hmm. like, as I got older and moved into my thirties, um, and I, it was a situation where my mom, you know, had got really sick. She started showing early onset, um, you know, with Alzheimer's and everything. And I had to move her into my house. And when I moved her into my house, a flood of things came with her. So that that emotional box that I had packed up and stuck in the back of a closet and mm-hmm. told myself to forget about it, keep living, it all yeah. came into my household with her when I moved her in with me. And mm-hmm. I noticed that I started having bad dreams. I would mm-hmm. be waking up in the middle of the night crying. I would go to work. And at that time, I was working in a mental health facility. So here I am supposed to be an inspiration of somebody else and helping pull somebody else up. And I'm sitting here with a mean face on because I didn't sleep good last night because this dream and crept in and threw my whole mood yeah. off. You know what I'm saying? And I noticed how it was affecting my day to day, which is really what led me into therapy. Um, oh. Yeah. A, a coworker was like, girl, something is wrong with you. Like, this isn't the you we know. You're happy. You're bubbly. You're always the first one in, ready to work, ready to help. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're always here to get your hands dirty. And now you're sitting here like, I don't care what these people do. And so, you know, everybody noticed the difference. And um, yeah, I ended up going and knocking on a friend's door and was like, you know what, can I buy you lunch? Because I just need to talk. And that just led to, you know, the therapy and the opening up of what was really happening. So, you know, I say all that to, to say as far as that emotional bag you're talking about and how it can affect you in many different other relationships is so true. And I didn't yeah. even realize the abandonment issues mm-hmm. and why I held on to the three friends I have, like why I hold them so tight and so serious about their well-being and what they're doing because I don't want anything to affect them so they don't have to leave me. You know what I'm saying? Like that that whole little, the tightness of just grabbing on, it took therapy to help me realize that and I had to go to my friends and say, you know what? I'm so sorry. I've been I've been mothering y'all for all these years. Like y'all grown, and I'm trying to act like I'm y'all mama. I didn't give birth to y'all. Let me back yeah. up and allow y'all to make y'all mistakes and bump mm-hmm. your heads and learn your own lessons and live your life. And I'll be here for you when you need me, how you need me. But mm-hmm. I have to stop doing this because I'm holding on to everybody so tight. I didn't realize I was suffocating them for fear of losing them. You know what I'm saying? So that that was a a big lesson for me to learn. And I still struggle with it. Sometimes I feel myself sliding back into that mother mode. And then I have to pull away and take a couple of weeks off and regroup and then enter back into the situation like, hey, y'all, you know what I'm saying? I'm a little bit humbler now. So, yeah. So people, please be mindful of where you are 
and how that is affecting your day-to-day relationships, whether it's the husband, whether it's with the child. Because even with my son, I have abandonment issues. Mm-hmm. You know, like I want to hang on to him all the time. And even with him in a different state, I'm so in his business. He just be like, Ma, I can't take you right now. Like, you know what I'm saying? He'll be like, I'm going through a tunnel. And I'm like, Trey, I'm looking right at you. We're on FaceTime. You're in your house. You're not going through a tunnel. But you know what I'm saying? But he'd tell me like, I'm going through a tunnel just so he could end the call with me because I'm being too clingy. You know, so I, I still struggle with it sometimes, that whole feeling of abandonment. Yes. It's real though. Um, so let's see what's coming new for you. What's the next for Minister Carla J? What are we doing next? Yes. Well, my next uh, endeavor is uh, concerning the book. I'm looking at doing some virtual ministry with the book, um, possibly a, a starting a book club, starting with my book. Um, I, I want to do virtual ministry in the sense it's like a, like on a, on like a, a marriage boot camp but it's not going to be just geared to uh just married people because there are single people now that are in relationships that are looking to be married that probably need some healing before they enter into that or or looking in that direction so i want to i want to encourage people through this virtual ministry we want to talk about a lot of real life issues uh, and pulling things to um, to forward, you know, uh, coming front and center with where we really are in, in our emotions and things that we could, you know, uh, lay down, you know, while we're married or before we get married, you know, and okay. if you're a single person that need to be healed from rejection and what have you, I'm not going to just limit it to uh, married people, but it's going to be kind of like a, you know, t- to help people that are already in their marriages. And then we can show single people, like, if you already struggling, work on that now before you enter into a relationship. Some of the things that I'm dealing with, you might, you know, that I, I've entered into my marriage with, you could get some healing before you take on a, a person, a, a marriage, because that's a, a human being you're coming under the roof with that didn't grow up with you. They don't see things the same. And then on top of that, there's some emotional healing that needs to take place. Right. So I want to do some virtual ministry up and coming with, you know, on when love is forgotten. So with the virtual ministry, I know that you also have a wellness um, where you do life coaching and things like that. Is that also virtually right now? Uh, yeah, with, with, uh, with my life coaching, uh, I have clients that um, I have a I have my it's in PayPal where I send them the link. They hit they hit the link. That's where you make the payment. And we we don't we don't meet in person. I do kind of like a dual call with them face to face, and we talk about things. I you know I, I help them. A, a life coach helps you to walk through your issues, and a life coach. kind of encourage you to face the truth where where you are and lead you to the answer that most of the time you already have. So I I am a life coach that, you know, where I I do uh, get clients. And most of the time it's it's usually someone coming about their relationship, much to my surprise. But I do have some that's coming for other reasons. And then it's normally when they come about one thing, it ends up being like uh, one to three things. So I just I life coach right on the on the dual call or or the um you know even a, a Zoom call like you know today we could it's something like that. Okay, because you yeah. helped me today. I I don't know. I'm gonna have to 
See if I could put you a few pennies in the mail, girl. Because I think oh, you today. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> no, really. Because, you know, that's why I love doing these. Um, because with yeah. the different and the, the various guests that come on, everybody has something that can benefit. You know, and you just, you don't yeah. even really know that you needed it and that you like, oh my God, I didn't know I even needed to hear that today, but that just yes. touched, you know, and it moves you and it touches you. And then next thing you know, it's a part of you implementing it into your daily routine and so forth. So I love doing these because I learned so much and I just Amen. think it's free therapy. But <laughs> yeah. it is. <laughs> Now, another thing I wanted to just say real quick, because I don't want to miss out on this, because I think somebody else is probably going to say, why didn't you go deeper? Um, you said you and your husband dated for six months and yeah. then you guys got married. Mm. I know people that were in relationships for 20 years before they got married, um, yeah. 10 years before they got married. And, you know, and I will, you will hear people that say, well, how long does it take like or you know what i heard a male say once a man knows when he wants to marry a woman he knows that and it's not going to take him two three four five ten twenty years to figure that out he he's going to know that within the first year of you guys dating he's going to know whether or not you're the one he wants to marry so if picking back on that and you you guys being married after six months of dating, what are your thoughts on the longevity of a lot of these relationships and that decision to get married? Uh, well, when I met my husband a uh, few, few months in, he says to me, he said, I'm not trying to date you for a year. Okay. Um, I didn't know that he was going to say that, you know, I was, you know, like I said, I was already in ministry. He was in ministry and um, he, he already had his mind up and he later told me he, he did know. He said that when he seen me, he just, you know, once we, once we got to know each other, he knew that I was his wife. Um, in fact, he put a ring in the layaway. Uh, you know, we, we were kind of persecuted for the shortness of the relationship. Everybody had something to say and, it was too soon and what have you. It was a lot said at that time, but I, I believe that God, when I would pray, because I didn't want to shut the people's voices out if some if if it was a warning. So I was I said, well, God, if He's not the one, you know, and and I would always get a peace in my spirit from from God versus uh, you know when I was dating a, in a person that you know, and it was an alarm going off mm-hmm. in my. spirit. You understand what I'm saying? Something was like, you know, not right. But um, I, I personally feel that in a long-term dating season, to me, it just seems like from my experience in, in talking to individuals, the woman always seems to be the one to lose, you know, if she allowed, you know, because first of all, know your self-worth. And, and it, you know, I, I would say if I was teaching someone on dating, I think that you should know by a year. If you're asking me, and I think you are, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, think that, <laughs> I think that I don't think it takes five years for somebody to know if they want to uh, be with you for life. Okay. I, I just don't, I just, I can never bring myself to believe that, you know, um, because, because um, then you fall into somebody getting all the benefits without a commitment. 
Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, without a, a real life commitment is what I'm saying. Because you yeah. can be, you know, that's, yeah. my, that's my boyfriend of five years. That's my boyfriend of 12 years. But um, I, I, I kind of, um, I didn't have any intentions on allowing, <laughs> allowing my husband to date me for five years. I had no intentions. I would just want to, and I was just so crazy about him when I, you know, met him. I, I, I just kind of like fell in love kind of quick and everything. But I had no intentions on ever dating him for five years. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because um, if if nobody has ever told you that you all that, the Bible tells you you all that. God tells you that you all that. Do you yeah. understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So you don't really have to get uh, you know, uh, even when you know, like I said, I had dated and you know got my heart broke or whatever before I met my husband and everything. But it's like okay, but I'm still all that though. Like you, you're the idiot. I might not, I wasn't your cup of tea, but I'm somebody's cup of tea, you know, and you always have to, even if your, your self-esteem had fallen flat on the ground, pick that up. And you, you know, you don't want to fall into, and jokingly, when I, when I counsel single women, uh, you know, I know like we sometimes single women, it's like, well, well, I'm desperate now and I'm, I'm ready to just settle. And I always tell them, have some limitation to that desperation, boo. Yeah. Don't just let somebody walk on you or do whatever. Cause if a man dates you for 10 years and he married the next girl in, in, in six months, how are you going to feel when you've given him 10 years? Right. Okay. So I, I don't, I always try to protect women in the sense that don't just let yourself, you know, just, you know, if you know that that is not what you want, you might stand to lose him if it, or, or, or if you're just going to play by all his rules. You, you know what I'm saying? Like whatever he wants, because I want to keep him around, you know, then whatever he wants, if he wants 10 years out of me, whatever, 12, just to have him. So then that you would have to check on, well, where am I at with my self-esteem? Right. Where am I? Where am I at with my self-worth? If, if, if it's everything, if he's letting me know I'm going to date you for as long as I want and never make you my wife. And then, and then you, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, but you know, when I think about that too, I look at it from the point of view of okay, so we we're dating for 10, 15 years or whatever, a medical emergency happens. I'm not even your next of kin. Woo. I can't even call, I can't even make the call for you. I can't yeah. tell them whether to take you off right. the machine, keep it's, you on the machine, do the surgery, mm-hmm. don't do the surgery. I, I can't, I have no say so in anything right. because it's, we're not married and yeah. I'm not your next to kin. So if we have a child, say we have a 10 year old child, that's your next to kin. So you want this 10 year old to make the call for your life in a right. critical situation. Now you're traumatizing the child. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. it's a lot that goes into it. When I think about stuff like that, like I think about all of that stuff. Like, no, because if son, like when I had my heart attack, my son had to come from Georgia because he's the next to kin. Right. So it was like, Doc, don't touch me until my kid get here. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can't make the decision until my kid touch down. So I had to wait for that flight to land and for him to make it to that hospital and have a face-to-face conversation with that doctor and say, okay, this is what I think we should do. You you know, so, I mean, if you're in a situation like that, you know, let's think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Let's think about that. If something, especially with COVID, you know, you've been living with this man for 20 years. Now he get COVID and you can't say nothing. 
you you know like you have to call his mama and hope she answers you know what i'm saying because you're not the next of kin so i always think about stuff like that yeah that's good yeah and we should yeah yeah, because that's a hurtful thing. Like, I couldn't imagine being with somebody for 20 years and then they are sick or, you know, something happens and I can't make a judgment call. I right, can't, yeah, you right. know, we may have had a million and one conversations as this man and this woman as to what yeah. you want done and how you want right. it to be carried out. But, but because I'm not legally on paper right. as your wife and the person right. who get to make that judgment call, your aunt Sally could come over here and say, no, nah, everybody buried in the family yeah. tomb. So that's what he going to. But right. you know what I'm saying? That might not be right. where he right. wanted to be. Right. So right. But you have to do what Aunt Sally say because she's right. the next right. of kin. Right. That just, you know, so y'all think about that. You know, I, I could get a long-term relationship if everybody is okay with not having any financial right. medical responsibilities. Mm-hmm. but yeah. you know if you want to be yeah. able to say pull the plug or don't pull the plug you might mm-hmm. want to think about getting that paperwork taken care of or right. moving <laughs> on to somebody that's willing to enter into that that paper agreement of marriage right. yeah yeah you don't want to let anybody drag you into that type of setting where you're you're good enough you know you know you're good enough to play the wife but not be the one you you just you want to think more of yourself than that even if it means okay at a certain time you know i see that this is not going anywhere it's time to move on you know what i'm saying so yeah yeah. and i know it's not easy for people because you know you do love this person you've been with them you have their kids you're cooking you're cleaning you're doing everything that you feel you should be doing and you don't understand why the ring isn't here or why yeah. he hasn't taken that step. And that you see so many women now that are the ones getting on one knee. So let me ask you, how do you feel about that? <laughs> you said, ooh. <laughs> I think your face said it all. <laughs> oh, that 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 would be a that would be a big no in my book. And I even I even know of cases where the woman got her own ring. Uh, that's so sad and the word said whoever whoso finds a wife findeth a good thing you are god's good thing okay and he 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 uh you know you know men men uh by nature's in a sense and i'm speaking you know men are more like the hunters okay and i say give them something to hunt mm-hmm. okay and if you i i don't i don't think that I don't even think that God ooh, would, would have, you know, you getting on your knees asking a man to marry you. That's kind of because in our nature, it's kind of like we we there's something in us that want to be taken care of. We want to be loved. You know, we want to be cherished. We want to be the apple of somebody's eye. Men, men do, too, as well. But I'm speaking of us being emotional creatures. So if you if you chase this guy down, even if you get him to marry you, and if you're always the chaser, is is he's gonna always, you know, that's what's expected. But then there's something in you eventually is gonna cry out to that. I want to know that you love me. I want to know that you see me as the apple of your eye. I want to know that you cherish me. You know, so if you know, so so if if you always buying him flowers, he he probably more than likely is never gonna buy you any. Right. And I think I think going that route, in a sense, to me, if you're asking me, and I think you are, that's selling. <laughs> that's, 
to me, I think that, <laughs> I think that's selling yourself short as a female. I think you should think more of yourself. Right. You, you understand what I'm saying? You, you should think more of your worth than that. And that's how you should carry yourself. You shouldn't, you know, teach the man to treat you like your second best or I'll settle for peanuts. I'll do anything to marry you. Right. Do you see right. what I'm saying? Right. You know, so, yeah. So um, I, I think that uh, you should allow the man to ask you to marry him. <laughs> you know, I'm wedding ring and, you know, and women are doing that these days, you know, yeah. getting their own wedding rings and, you know, and, and uh, you know, they're, they're the pursuer. Now, do I pursue my husband in marriage now? Yes, I, I, I got papers on you. <laughs> I own you. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, but 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 listen to this. I'm not going to pursue you every day. But do you understand what I'm saying? I didn't pursue you. You know, it wasn't like uh, it, we we said we we. It was a known thing that I was going to pursue you in our dating season. No, you take right. me to lunch. You know, you bring me flowers. You open my door. You know, it, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of times we have to be careful because you will you will teach that person how to treat you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I get that, too, as far as trying to teach, you know, teaching somebody how you want to be treated, because I know mm -hmm. for myself, I could be I'm a caregiver. I'm a nurturer. And that's just by nature. It's just the person that I am. If I see something wounded or need, yeah. I'm going to yeah. run over there and try to do what I can to fix it or help. Yeah. It's just who I yeah. am as an individual. Mm -hmm. So I, I try to watch that as far as in relationships go, to not be the fixer, to not be the one rushing in to make everything better and allow that person to stand on their own, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. If it's a mistake, it's a decision you made, you made the mistake. I need for you to stand on it, own that mistake, and then figure out how to make it better for yourself. Because yes. I don't want to be the one always rushing in because then you're going to continue to make mistakes and expect me to fix them. Mm -hmm. exactly. So, you know, you have to put that boundary up there. Yeah. And even when it comes to something as simple as flowers, I buy myself mm -hmm. two bouquet of flowers every week. Put them up, mm -hmm. they be so free. And I, because I say, if I keep waiting for somebody else to buy me flowers, I'll be dead. So right. <laughs> I like right. fresh I like fresh flowers. I love the way right. they brighten up the house and the scent and all of that. So yeah, I'll go and buy my own flowers. So I don't have to be sitting here waiting on some man to do it or wondering why he's not doing it or whatever. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I just, and I think, I don't know if that's a hindrance or I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that I, I date myself. Like I take myself to dinners. I treat myself so good when I take myself out. To the point, it's like, dude, you know, you're going to date me. You're going to have to step it up because I treat myself so good. You, right. have to, you have to meet that, you know, when right. we're talking of going back to standards. You have to right. be able to meet that level of standards because I treat mm -hmm. myself very well. I don't spare expenses on me. So, right. you know, when right. it's my date night. So, and I right. think I do all of those things and I do all of this for myself. And I don't know if a guy looks at it like, well, shucks, she don't need me to do it. She's doing it for herself. Mm -hmm. Or if he's looking at it saying, well, dang, let me step my game up and show her I can do. And, you know, you want the latter, but most of the time I get the, you know, the, the oh, she does it for herself. She don't need me to do it. So I end up not getting things. Because yeah. I do it for myself. Yeah, I, I think that if if that ideal person would come or you would, 
choose to let that person in your life and you're used to a certain standard, how you, you know, and, the, and guys can look, they can look and, and, and they can, they can kind of scope that out that, you know, you take care of yourself and you, you've set a standard and there's nothing wrong with that. And I would never tell you, you know, to lower your standard that can just filter on into your relationship where, you know, uh, you know, like I told my husband one day, I said, I like jewelry. So, you know, Valentine's Day, you know, he gets me a piece of jewelry, uh, you know, and he, he sees that I like flowers. He, he gives me flowers. There's nothing wrong. You know, I took care of myself in my single life. So I'm not going to be, you know, a, a doormat in my, in my marriage life. Right. And I, I just, I think the mentality of, of feeling like, well, um, I just, I'm just going to settle for something. I think, um, you know, females need to try to resist that type of mindset that I'll, I'll just have to just settle for it in order to have a man, in order to have the opposite sex in my life. Uh, no, no, you, you shouldn't because um, if, if you allow a guy to step to you any kind of way, then that, you know, you have to, you have to own that. You have to take that blame. If you allow him, you know, to, to flip, you know, if you, you, and first of all, a guy that's really about something, he's not going to try to flip that out, flip that around on you. It's usually, you know, someone that don't really have itself together and, and you know, we allow somebody like that to come into our life, mm -hmm. you know, if, mm -hmm. if we keep it real, you, you know right. what I'm saying? So there's nothing. Um, I One guy told me just he was uh, dating my friend and what have you. And he just told me, he said, if I didn't know you, he said, I would just look at you. He said, the way you dress this and that. He said, and I would say, oh, I know she's taken. And I said, well, my husband didn't say that. He asked for my phone number. Do you see what I'm saying? So yeah. that the one that was really that was really in my husband, he was looking to be married. He wanted to be married. But I think sometimes as females, we 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 just have, you know, kind of, you know, we we kind of have given off the aroma that um I'm so desperate, some of us that I'll just accept anything. You know, I've been yeah. hurt, I've been beat down. And, and so rather than getting healed to find out who I really am and what, what is my worth and how does God see me, rather than doing it, sometimes we'll just keep accepting, you know, the same person, but a different suit. Yeah. So you so, so you never, and then if you're not careful, you'll 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 go with somebody's husband because you you just don't even know how much you worth. And and there's somebody out there that that's waiting to make somebody like you all that you have to give, waiting to get somebody like you to make him make you his wife and the apple of his eye. But you're settling even for a, a, a backdoor wife or whatever, a wife for the weekend or something like that. As TDJ said, uh, you know, uh, because you don't you you don't find out who you are what your word and believe in yourself yeah i think women you know we just have to be so careful about that because it, you you want to be the apple of somebody's eye you know you yeah. don't want to always settle for seconds you know when you know the love that you can give the person you can be in a relationship but you you put you know you put that aside to just be a doormat we just have to be so careful because yeah. we are worth it, women. We are worth it. Like my mom used to say, Michelle, you could do bad by yourself. Girl. So you don't <laughs> want, you know, she used to say, like, you don't need nobody to hold your hand to catch the bus, to get to the food stamp right. office, to get the food stamps. You right. Exactly. that by yourself. Like, you could do bad by yourself. Yeah. So mm -hmm. if you... You want somebody that's going to elevate you. You want to be able to elevate them. And what mm -hmm. I had to learn is to find my happy within myself. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like, so if I'm happy as an individual, he can be happy as an individual. I don't want his happiness to depend on me and I don't want my happiness to depend on him. But I want mm-hmm. us to be able to find happiness together and create something yeah. new. You know what I'm saying? So, and I think that's important also. And another thing that um, you said about being the backdoor wife, because I was a mistress for some years, but I learned a lot during that time frame. I did learn a lot because I walked into that thinking I didn't ever want to be in a relationship. So it was easier Mm -hmm. for me to be with her husband because he wasn't my responsibility. so like that's I'm being so honest with y'all right now and I spent seven years in that situation Mm -hmm. but I learned so much about myself Mm -hmm. in that situation and what I learned was hey I'm better than this yes absolutely and I can do relationships like I'm a good girl like that's the relate that seven year time frame is when I realized I'm a good girl you know, I, I have these qualities. I can offer these things. I do like, hey, I should have my own. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want a man no more. I, I have my own man. And my mother used to tell me, my, Michelle, as long as you're sleeping with that woman's husband, you're blocking your blessings. God can't bless you in the middle of mess and chaos. And right now your life is messy and it's chaotic. So until you leave that woman's husband alone, you cannot get blessed. When I tell you within 30 days after ending that relationship, God started opening up doors. It was ridiculous. It was things I didn't even, I'm like, I never even heard of this company. I never even applied to these people. Who are these? Like just calls just started coming in. And I'm like, oh my God. So all these blessings was just sitting there waiting. But they were blocked because of the chaos that I was living in. As soon as I stopped that and I went to God and said, I'm sorry, I humbled myself. I repented to him. It was just like a floodgate of blessings just opened up and just started pouring down. And all I could hear my mom's voices in my head saying, I told you, (laughs) told you so, told you once you left that man, wife alone, God had something in store for you. So, you know, women think about that. Sometimes we're in these relationships and we're the other woman or we're the side chick or whatever they want to call us. And you're wondering why this is hard and that is hard and why this keeps happening. And, you know, the car is breaking down one day and Lord, now I'm laid off and little Billy then got kicked out of school for fighting and all of this stuff is happening. A lot of times it's because those blessings that are due to us are being blocked because of the actions that we are committing here. Sometimes we got to leave her husband alone to get the blessings that God got in store for us. And that's just real talk. So I'm hoping that, you know, if there's a side chick out there listening, don't shoot me. Just really take that into consideration because I've been there. Yeah. You know, just take the words and sit on them for a minute and then reflect and see where, you know, you could be missing out on your blessings in life because you're living in a chaotic mess. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm sorry, girl. I could sit here and talk to you all day long, real talk, because you are really like you're helping me so much. I feel like I'm gonna go and make some phone calls and be like, listen, <laughs> we're gonna change this game up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so um, where can we get your book? 
You can get uh, When Love is Forgotten, you can get this on gc4enterprises.com. gc4enterprises.com. Okay, and I do have their website. And just for, so everybody can know, Minister Carla J, her um, information will be in the description box below. The website where you can purchase the book will also be available for you. We will also have the information for her virtual ministry and her um, life coaching. So if you need help or you're looking to seek, you know, further guidance, maybe you, you feel like you just on that hamster wheel and you keep doing it and you just can't seem to get off of it and you need a little bit of help. We're going to give you all of Carla J, Minister Carla J's information so you can seek the help that you need and get the guidance and the support that you need to make that next step. You know, a lot of times it's just about having faith, you know, yeah. believing in yourself. Sometimes you just got to take that leap and trust that God is going to catch you. He's not yes. going to let you just flat on that ground. He's going to catch you and he's going to guide you through. He's the wind beneath your wings you know he he's there for you and we yeah. have to trust that and sometimes God is waiting on that he's waiting for yeah. us to take that leap of faith and put our trust in him so he could show us what he's all about because God likes to show out I don't know about the God you serve but the God <laughs> I serve he shows up and he shows out and he likes yeah. to show out for you yeah. he likes yeah. being that blessing and, and yeah. showing you what he can do you know, he, he likes doing that. So it's just up to us to take that leap of faith and jump out there and allow God to guide us to where we should be in his name and for his glory. Absolutely. Amen. So Minister Carla J, any final thoughts, anything you want to leave us with? Any other contact information? Do you have Instagram or Facebook? Uh, I have uh, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I like to, I, my, my life coaching is, is called Second Wind Life Coaching Services. Uh, uh, Carla Robinson is my Facebook. It's, I, I have it posted on there as well. But uh, the book is GC4 Enterprises. Uh, and uh, Second Wind Life Coaching is my um you know, where I life coach, you, you, it'll take you straight to the PayPal um, and, you know, to drop the payment. And then we schedule, we schedule your uh, sessions. I don't, I, I, I do pay as you go. I charge 35 an hour for pay as you go because everybody don't have money like that. So I don't refuse uh, anyone. And uh, then if you lock in five sessions, that's 125. And you're already locked in with your sessions. It's however the person needs to do it. But I recommend five sessions. And after that, I will still be your life coach. If you feel you need more, uh, you can call me. I have a page up. It's, it's called Speaking a Word in Due Season. That is where I put my sermons. So I share a word. Uh, I'll be, uh, there's one sermon on there now. We had some bad uh, technical difficulty. But I'll be up and running with uh, just sharing an eight, eight to 10 minute sermon. And a lot now, of people are. I'm sorry. Now, is that a website or is that through? No, like no, no. It's a, it's, a, it's a Facebook uh, business page. It's, it's, it's speaking a word in due season. Okay. And um, it'll, you know, it, it's, when you follow it, it'll just jump up whenever I'm on there. But as I said, my life coaching services is second wind life coach uh, services. Okay. And so we have. Carla J. Robinson for Facebook, Second Wind Life Coaching for the, the Life Coaching Services, and Speaking a Word in Due Season, which is the virtual ministry through yes. Facebook. 
Yes, via Facebook. Yes, okay. absolutely. And um, the number, I have a number on, I'll have a flyer. I'll read, I have some flyers up already with the phone number on it as well. Or people will inbox me and say, hey, I can use your service, your uh, coaching and mentoring services. So there is a phone number if you want to take that as well. Uh-huh, ready. Uh, that's 330-219-1890. And that is for Second Wind Life Coaching. 330-219-1890? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Well, we are going to make sure we have that in the description box for the, anybody. Um, and also, you guys, the website goes live in a couple of days. So every YouTube show automatically filters into the website. The website will have the bio of every guest with all of their contact information also for you. So if you miss it on YouTube, you could catch it on the website and I'll make sure that that information is also available for you. So you can have a recap on all the guests. You can hear all the shows. You can have all of their information, everything right there in one place for you. Amen. So any um, thing coming up in the community, any, um, I know with COVID just really ending and they're, they're lifting the mask bands and everything. So are there any plans for any community work or anything going on with the community? Uh, right now we are considering a, a book club, um, you know, or possibly doing a, a book signing in the near future. But uh, some of the things we, we had to do, we had to delay because of COVID. I don't want to set anybody in danger, but uh, possibly uh, a book club uh, uh, being held at the uh, library where, where we can gather and talk about. Uh, I believe that there is so much in this book and in this book that uh, it, it could really help a lot of people, men and women. And I would like to do just discuss it, you know, and then from there. Uh, start adding books on of other great authors uh, in GC4 Enterprises. I'm one of the authors of GC4 Enterprises, of which we have several, several who have some very good books that have just come out. So, uh, I, I, so that would be the next thing as far as community, uh, what I would be doing, and anything that God would open the door for up and coming. But right now, more virtual. Okay. And we will have um, more of GC4 Enterprises authors coming yeah. on and gracing our presence in the near future. Yeah. Um, so you'll get to meet them and hear about the projects that they've worked on and what they published and their meanings and their journeys to that, that particular yeah. publication. Um, I just want to say again, I think that your story is one that so many other, so many people can connect with because like you stated, you, you had your dating season where you were disappointed, you were cheated on, you were let down, you were hurt, you were emotionally broken. And a lot of women can't admit that they're broken. So to yeah. hear you say that you were broken was, yeah. it touched me different because we like to try to hide our brokenness. We don't want people yeah. to know that we're hurting or that we're broken and we have all these issues going on with us. So mm -hmm. we, like you said, we put on a face and we put on our mask and we come outside and we smile and we play nice, like nothing is wrong. And then we get back in that house and we take that makeup off and we break. 
Like, you know, we're in a fetal position sometimes, almost just broken. So it was really refreshing to hear you to be able to say I was broken when I met my husband. And thank God he was willing to walk through that with me because not a lot of people do that. Yes, ma'am. Not a lot of men are patient enough, strong enough or considerate enough to hold your hand through your broken period and help you find you know peace on the other side of that so kudos to you thank god for you and your husband for being able to share that with us yes ma'am thank you thank you so much no, I really do appreciate that. Um, and, you know, I really want everybody to go to gc4enterprises.com and purchase the book. You know, nobody is perfect. Nobody can do it all by themselves. You might be, you might have been married for 40 years now and you just not realizing that every time Clarence chew, it irritates you. Get the book. It might help you deal with the way Clarence is chewing right now. <laughs> you know, it might help you be able to weed through that little moment of disappointment, and you know, remember why you guys are you y'all are together any dang old way. And I'm just throwing names out here. I don't know these people. I don't know nobody named Clarence. So don't come telling me. Don't don't come emailing me asking me why I'm talking about your uncle. I don't know. <laughs> It's just the name. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, pick up the book because nobody is perfect. It's even a book, even though I'm not married. And like I say, I could go either way when it comes to marriage. But it's definitely a book that I would read because it's about relationships. And not all relationships are man and woman married. And, you know, it could be your best girlfriend and maybe you and this person are button heads a lot and you're having a lot of issues. This Mm -hmm. book might help you open up to to what's going on with you so you can understand where those issues are coming from and then give you some good quality steps on how to rebuild and repair. Um, So, yeah, so definitely make sure you grab the book. I can't wait to read it and. I can't wait to see you again with whatever you're working with next. Will you travel? Are you a traveler? I know you say you're in Ohio. We're in Michigan. Uh, Would you travel? Yes, I, I, yes, I have traveled to, to minister the word of God in other places, um, even other states. But it's, it's since this COVID, I have not been traveling. Okay, because I'm working have- on something for uh, May, June-ish. Um, I'm working okay, on putting good. something together to bring a lot of the guests together under one roof to actually yes. have their products available, you know, the, the, yes, and so Absolutely. forth under one room and hold like a first ever in-person faithfully heard type of That'll a thing. Be great. Yeah, so, um, you know, I want to make sure people are willing to travel <laughs> and um, yeah. I'm going to get, you know, more of the details and more of the things in the, the coming month and, and be able to have a set situation okay. that I can email out. And um, so we can actually put some things together for that. Sounds good. Sounds real good. <laughs> well, thank you again for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's, it's been a wonderful conversation. Very great. So. I'm working yes. on my my talking skills, y'all. I'm working on them. So fine. <laughs> fine. Yes, I enjoyed you as well. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thank you again for reaching out, everybody. We are we have been talking to Minister Carla J. Robinson. 
And I want everybody to make sure you go to the description box so you can get the information. So you can follow her on Facebook, join the virtual ministry, listen out for, for those, um, those ministry sessions, join in, say amen, ask a question. Um, if you are in need of life coaching for whatever it is, you know, whatever you're dealing with, whatever is in your emotional bag, reach out to Second Wind Life Coaching and reach out to Minister Carla J and allow that help in. Because you know what? We all need it. And that's what we're here for, to help each other. If I'm not helping you and you're not helping the next person, then what are we doing? Right? So on that note, I'm going to let everybody go. Thank you again, um, Minister Carla J. To all of my faithfully hurt people, thank you so much for tuning in. I love you guys. Have a blessed week in Christ. And remember, when writing the story of your life, don't let anybody else hold that pen. Have a good one. Amen. Have a good one.